I don't know about you, but I'm having a very difficult time believing that Christmas is only a week away and two weeks from now. It is the new year of 2022. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, if my voice sounds a little bit weak today, it's because it is. It's been a long week, and I'm not as young as I used to be doing some of the kind of work that was my forte back in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. It's a little bit harder to do uh, today than it was then, but guess what? I'm actually enjoying the work that I'm doing, and I can see the benefit. I can see how it's going to help this radio program and other programs in the future. So the time and the struggle is worth every bit of it. Lack of sleep on a couple of nights, but I want to thank all of you that have stayed listening. I want to thank Jim Calhoun for being such a blessing uh, to step up two times this week to help me on Tuesday and Thursday for the weekday broadcast. I, I couldn't have done the work I'm doing uh, without his help in getting me more of that time that I need. Well, as I said, as I started the program, it's hard to believe that next weekend is Christmas. It's here. And in two weeks, we we enter the year 2022. And we have to wonder, what will that year bring to us? I go back two years ago to 2019. And as I was waking up this morning and other mornings, I've been thinking about how things just turned upside down so quickly. And what we didn't know what to expect going forward. In 2019, my wife and I had decided, for a number of reasons, to spend our Christmas up in Georgia and come back to Florida in January. After all, the traffic subsides, maybe like, you know, the middle of January. And then we wanted to come back up to Georgia in the spring or summer to do some additional work on our little place in the mountains. Yeah, we're going to be real snowbirds. We, we decided to stay away from the cold. So in 2019, we're thinking about this time of the year, about Christmas, and then the things we'll do in Florida, and then again in the spring. We're making those long-range plans. And how many of you have made long-range plans? Now, you've all heard that, that line, if you want to ever hear God laugh, share with him your long-range plans. You may be surprised they don't occur in the way you expect. So in 2019, December, this time of the year, about a week before Christmas, I'm, I'm thinking about the nice quiet time we're going to have and then all the activity that I was hoping to be involved with when we got back to Florida. Because of my ministry work, and at that time I just had your weekend show, just one program per week. And it wasn't that hard to do. Sometimes it was, but as a general rule, I could get the program out and maintain everything else that I was doing in what was then primarily ministry work. I had gotten out of radio, most (laughs) outside of the radio program, I had somewhat retired. I, I was getting too old to play the engineering game, and it takes a lot out of you, some oddball hours and a lot of physical labor. And I was enjoying this this new stage of my life where, for the first time, a lot of things that I wanted to do in my ministry work, I now had the time to do. 
developing some websites. The only thing radio I was doing was was essentially a project called Ancient Word Radio, which is a website. You can listen to some of the sacred music of the past years. And I was thinking of launching another stream or two and and just having that as a ministry, maybe a couple of music channels and and a teaching channel, and then work with some churches. This was going to be this was going to be my life work going forward. I never anticipated I'd be coming back into the engineering side, uh, coming back into emergency management and other things that I've done over the years. I never expected any of it two years ago in 2019. I was making plans on a church plant in Florida. I had all these wonderful ideas of the people I needed to talk to, some of the research that needed to be done. It was I just felt really led that I wanted to plant some kind of a church. But it never happened. We enjoyed Christmas 2019. In the background, there was some noise about some kind of a virus in China, but nobody really paid a whole lot of attention in 2019. But as we got into January, we, we started getting a few more stories, and, and by the time we're in the middle of February, people are beginning to become concerned. Has, has this virus left China and found its way around the world? And, well, you know the rest of the story. In February, we are in Florida, and I'm helping with a small church there and also looking at the other mission I would like to start. But I got that phone call asking if I would come out of retirement and do some emergency management work as a public information officer and planner for a county in another state getting ready to deal with the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, at that point, we really didn't know too much. We were hearing all kind of strange stories, strange videos, and none of it made any sense. When I agreed that I would help out, at least for a short time, I thought I'll only be working maybe a few weeks, tops. I'm thinking this thing's going to blow through. How many of you thought when we first heard about this virus that it was just going to blow through during the winter, and by the time we got to Easter or spring or no later than summer, it would all be behind us? How many of you thought that two years ago? Well, a little less than two years ago now. I certainly did. And as I agreed to to help out, then, of course, I became privy to a lot of information that was circulating about this virus, about SARS-CoV-2. And it seemed, from what we were being told, it was worse than most of us anticipated. There were some scary numbers out there of how many people could theoretically die in the United States. And it was in that light that I said yes, and I made the trip out of state. The one thing that stands out in my mind, when I drove away, I drove my car. It was a couple-of-day trip. I left the state of Florida, and I made a stop in uh, South Georgia on the interstate. And all of a sudden, I realized all the fast food places, their dining rooms were closed and everybody's wearing gloves and everybody's being so cautious and you could only use the drive through window. They wanted nobody inside. I stopped for my first hotel night heading north 
and even check-in. They, they had all this distancing, and they, they wanted you to you know, clean your hands and do all these things, cover your, cover your face with your hands if you have to cough or something, get a, get a Kleenex, whatever, whatever it took. They, were, they didn't know what to expect. And there were very few travelers staying in hotels. This is, this is um, in March. This is in March of 2021. I mean, uh, March of 2020. I slept that night, got up the next day. They didn't even have breakfast like they normally would because of they didn't know what was going on, and there were very few people. So I was able to find something to eat, continued on to our home in, in Georgia, where I spent a few days preparing everything that I would need to take with me to do the job I was going to have in the next place. And the news stories kept getting worse and worse about this this COVID-19 is what they were calling it. Uh, This SARS-CoV-2 virus, a coronavirus, a pandemic. These words are now becoming in our vocabulary, something that I had never experienced before in my lifetime. And I'm sure none of you ever did either. So here we are. We're now in March, middle of March of 2020. And we start hearing this idea, we're going to flatten a curve. Because see, there's no stopping this virus, but we can do our best to to make it slow down a little bit so we don't overwhelm the health system. And we had all these scary numbers of how many millions, remember the word, millions of people would die in a matter of months in the United States alone. And it was a scary time because, once again, what did I know? I mean, how much did any of us really know? about this virus. And then we started the 15 days to flatten the curve. Restrictions and more restrictions, new terms like essential, non-essential, essential workers come to work, non-essential stay home. We'll be giving you some money soon, so hang in there. We're going to all get through this together. How many of you remember that we're going to do this 15 days to flatten the curve, spread it out a little bit, not overwhelm the health system as we try to recover ourselves when the weather turns nice. That's what most of us thought. But over my time in doing that work, some of the things we were being told, some of the things being put out in the media just did not fully ring true. Something was seemingly wrong. And when you're working on the inside, as I was, you begin to detect some things just don't add up. They don't seem right. Now, I'm going to give you the first example. We were every day coming into the emergency operations center, and we would get an update, a briefing, both at the local level, county level, state level, and national level, and even international. And with what we were told, I was expecting to see this sudden rise in people being infected, going to the hospital, and dying. And every day, we'd get the hospital report of how many people were in the hospital with COVID-like symptoms, how many people had died. And weeks went by, and we never had anybody die in that county, and it didn't add up to my mind because of the numbers we were being told just a matter of weeks before. Well, finally, we had our first. And I can remember what a big deal it seemed to be until we found out about the the patient in question. 
in this particular county of around 300 and some odd thousand people, we had our first, quote, coronavirus death. The individual was 86 or 87 years old. I can't quite remember. He was a heavy smoker. He had COPD. He had been in and out of the VA hospital over the past couple of years. But somehow he is now counted as a dreaded COVID death. Now, the medical um, person in our county, the head of the health department, knew of this individual and was surprised that individual was even alive before the pandemic broke out. But see, this became our first scary number. The local television station grabbed it. This county had its first COVID death today, and infection numbers are climbing. And that was the, that was the headline. And over the weeks ahead, while I was there, there were a few more people that succumbed to COVID-19, but in every case, they were over 80 years of age, and they had comorbidities and other issues. And I began to wonder, is, is this some kind of virus that just kills anybody of any age? And, and I'm sure a lot of you, we weren't sure. But the more and more that I saw, and of course, there are always exceptions to every rule, it, it didn't play out as the huge pandemic that we were being told it was going to be. I knew how many, and I've told you this before, we expected literally within months, 3,000 people or so to die in that particular county. Well, of course, that never happened. And by the time we were supposed to be well on our way to halfway to that number, we were still just a handful of people. And so I decided at that time, to leave. And, and if things change, call me and I'll come back because I'd gotten to this point that all we're doing is beating the same drum, drumming up the same amount of fear, but nobody's, but nobody really knows what's going to happen next. But it wasn't what they said it was going to be. So I left where I was at, ended up back at the home in Georgia, spent a few days because I could get back in a reasonable amount of time from that location versus Florida. And I waited about a week and nothing had changed. And so I headed back to Florida and spent some time. We're now in the month of May in Florida. Then I told my wife, let's go on to Georgia. And we spent from that time until we returned just recently to Florida, we spent over a year. We spent over a year in Georgia. And it was that during that time that I felt very led to begin this particular radio program called Truth to Ponder. And for those that never heard the origin of this program, let me just give you a little background. In June, maybe July, June or July of 2020, I started thinking, there's so many things I'm seeing and I'm reading and I'm studying and I'm because of the work that I have been doing, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of possibility. I thought, maybe I'll put together a little tiny podcast, maybe a little video cast. And I had the way to do it, and I was trying to think of a name and everything to go along with it, just to put out some information and news for people to have to use. Well, I started talking to a couple of friends who said, they said, Bob, you're a radio guy. Do you really want to get involved with doing video every day? Because there's a lot of editing, and it takes a lot of time, even for a short video. 
why not do a radio program? And I, I thought maybe I'll do a 15-minute podcast, maybe a 30. And then I decided, let's try an hour. And so in talking with some friends, the decision was made to give this a try. And we launched at the end of August of 2020. And we've been doing this ever since. Hard to believe that we've been doing this program going on, what, 15 months now? Every day. And so much has changed in the narrative in these past 15 months. For the first time, in spite of the news headlines and in spite of all the things being done, in spite of the problems that are occurring in countries like Austria, Australia, and uh, just to name a few, and some of the some of the states here in the United States, I'm beginning to think the news is not as glum as they want you to believe. I think the numbers are being pushed and people are walking around in fear. They have been so beaten up. Those that just watch their local television news and maybe the NBC Nightly News or ABC News, CBS, maybe those that watch CNN, those that just peripherally read the news that they get on social media, many of them are still in dire fear of this pandemic and most cases, unnecessarily. And there's, there's where I really believe this program has merit in what I'm trying to do. I want to balance the news. I've never said anywhere along the way in, in the time that I've done this program, I've never believed this, that this is a hoax virus. It's not a hoax at all. There is something out there. And it has, in, it has impacted the health of many people in a negative way, and many people have died, though I think the death number has been grossly inflated for political reasons worldwide. We have to understand that there always has been this desire among tyranny-type people, tyrants, so to speak, that want to have control over everything. There's this mentality that goes back into antiquity, the Julius Caesars of this world, the Mussolinis, the Adolf Hitlers, the Mao Zedongs, you name it, uh, the Joseph Stalins that wanted to rule the world. This is, this is nothing new. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, just go back over history. There's always been those that wanted to take over the world, subject everybody under their authority, and they would rule. We would have rulers, not leaders, And that's what basically fascist societies and communist societies become. You have the party, the ruler, and they control everything. It's no different today. With all our advanced technology, with all the things we've been able to accomplish in our human life, with all that we have, our hearts, our sin, and everything about us has remained unchanged. The problem is technology, like what I'm using to record this radio program, can be used for both good or evil. Any technology can. And this is what we need to to understand. Technology is, is not a master. It is a tool. We can let it become our master. I choose to use technology as nothing more than a tool in my toolbox to do the things that I need to do. 
at my age and those that are my age or younger or around my age, we've known television all of our lives. Some that are older can remember when television came online and they had lived with radio. But we're at an age now where there's virtually nobody alive today that doesn't remember radio and didn't experience television. I mean, this, this is where we are at some point. People alive today have, if you're a World War II veteran, one of the last remaining, pushing age 100, you have seen the beginnings of radio, you have seen the beginnings of television, you've seen the nuclear age, you've seen the computer age, you've seen so much technology right before your very eyes explode at an ever-increasing rate. But like I say, technology is nothing more than a tool in your toolbox. It can be used for both good. It can be used for evil. Radio can entertain. Radio can inform. Radio can be a companion in your lonely times. But it can also be a propaganda tool to fool you, to control you, and to misinform you. The same is true with television and the Internet and any other technology out there. It all depends on whose hands the technology is in. And I I want you to remember that. This is utterly important. There's nothing wrong with science. There's nothing wrong with technology. There's nothing wrong with any of it. It's what we do with this knowledge. Many a time on this program, and maybe you've heard me say it, if you're new to the program, you may not have heard me say it. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Matter of fact, there can oftentimes be an enormous difference between the two. We can accumulate all kinds of knowledge, but wisdom is what tempers us on how to use that knowledge. Do we use it for evil or do we use it for good? Is the technology neutral or is it dangerous? Okay, electricity in our house. It's a useful tool. It turns on lights. It can can heat our homes. It can cook our food. It can run our appliances and make life easier for us. It's a useful technology. Most technologies have a positive, useful purpose, but any technology can be misused. And it's having the wisdom to discern how to use something, to use this knowledge that becomes important. Many of us just assume the things that we hear are true. A few weeks ago, I I used a term that has been bounced around by many experts called mass formation. Mass formation. And I can see the results of that even here in the United States, definitely in Australia, in Austria, in the United Kingdom, in France, in, in many places worldwide. Mass formation. Mass formation is when people are so inundated with information that is plausible, but not maybe true, but is plausible, and they begin to react instead of with common sense and research, they begin to react emotionally to the news that they are hearing, and their emotions override their common sense and their ability to look or find or even hear the truth. Just a couple little examples. How many governors in the United States, how many prime ministers, how many presidents, how many leaders around the world 
believe that wearing a face covering will stop the spread of the coronavirus. So everybody must wear a face covering. How many, how many people believe in that? We heard way back in February of 2020 from Dr. Fauci himself, before he became so political, when somebody said, should we wear like a, like a, like a mask? And he said, no, you don't need to wear one of those things. It may stop a droplet or two. This was his own words on the program 60 Minutes. He denied that, that, this, that a face mask really had any benefit at all. Now, he tried to say later, I only said that because we had a shortage. Well, the truth is there is no legitimate study out there in terms of a virus. Let's make a quick separation here. I can remember some of what I now call propaganda pieces that were being put out on video that were in social media about why you should wear a face mask. And I can remember one. It was very compelling, very well produced. I mean, had the right kind of news person doing it, and it had the right talking head. It had everything going for it in a nice laboratory setting. And they had an individual come in there to to cough on a Petri dish, both with a face covering and without. So they would take him in this room, and he would cough or sneeze into a Petri dish with a face covering. Then he would go to the next room, and then he would take the, you know, the, the face covering off and do the same thing again. And lo and behold, you look at the, the Petri dish samples a few days later, and you see this massive bacterial colony forming in the one where he was not wearing a face covering. And that was to imply to you that, see, if you wear one, you won't spread COVID-19. And many people believed it entirely. And they started wearing face masks, believing that it would work in both directions, no less. So, you know, you can't spit a virus out and one cannot find its way in. Well, that's very true when it comes to bacteria. Bacteria normally is a living organism contained in moisture, and it happens to be about a thousand times bigger than a virus. And so, yeah, a face mask would do marvelous things in preventing infection from a bacteria. But what about, what about a virus? We were told that we need to wear one. Well, where are the studies? Well, they're out there. So you look for the studies like I did, And you start realizing that those studies really don't exist. And the most recent study that I've been able to find, which is a very comprehensive study, no less, was done by Oxford University in England. And this spanned a number of months with a really large base of people. And they kept track of what these people did. Those that did wear a mask, those that didn't, those that wore them part of the time. Then they analyzed the data of those that became infected with COVID-19 and those that didn't. Between those that faithfully wore a mask and those that refused to wear a mask. And they even compensated for age and everything. This was quite a comprehensive study. And a lot of people assume when that study came out, it would be backing up all these mask-wearing mandates that many states have imposed, like in New York or Illinois or another or, or many big cities, you must wear a face covering. Well, the, the, the results came in 
and there is no discernible difference between the two groups. There's just none there. The same rate of infection, the same rate of everything between those that wore a mask and those that did not. And in fact, there's some other things that are coming out. We do know one thing. We were told ages ago that this virus is transmitted as an aerosol, as an aerosol. So let's put that in perspective and and talk in terms of a face mask. And I, I read this one study and it's suddenly common sense just overruled and it suddenly made sense to me. If somebody should cough who has the virus, so to speak, okay? Somebody coughs, they've got the virus. And they expel into the air large droplets where they're going to fall quickly to the ground. But if you cough through a face covering, it'll aerosolize that liquid carrying the viruses that can then stay higher in the air longer, if anything. That's why when you look at places that do require a mask and and those that don't, there is just no statistical difference in the spread of the virus. But we keep going back to the same thing. And I think for many, it's fear. Some, it's a fashion statement. For others, it's now a political statement. What really troubles me are those that will be driving by themselves in a car, wearing a face mask thinking somehow this is going to protect them from getting the virus as they drive in a closed vehicle. And it makes no sense. We've been doing this program now for a number of months, and I just I wanted to talk about that, and I'm sorry that I went so long. Uh, there, there are just so many things about this pandemic. I want to go on the other side of the break and give you some reason that I think there's some hopeful signs ahead. Because some of this narrative is beginning to unravel. Now, I know there's some that will never let go. They're going to live with their fear, and that's sad. But the truth is, the truth is beginning to chip away at the lies. It's beginning to chip away. It's like these governments now are rushing ahead of the curve to get more lockdowns, more control, more vaccines out, more passports. These vaccine passports have nothing to do with your health. It is to have control over what you do. Central bankers want to have control over your money. They want to have control over every aspect of your life. And I'm going to talk about those dangers, but I'm also going to share the good news on the other side of this break. Now, if you listen to the program, would you let me know how you hear it? If you're listening on shortwave, I'd appreciate it. You can write me directly at bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com. Or, or you can go to our website, truth, the number two, ponder. You can also contact us from there and even leave a prayer request if needed. I would love to hear from you. Two weeks before the end of the month, and if you would consider a gift to keep us on the air in January, you can mail it to Ancient Word Radio. Make the check out to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code 32536. Once again, the zip code 32536. Really fast. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder. 5753 
Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Right to the core, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But in Hebrew, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your lev. Now, lev... In Hebrew, is a real important word. Try it. It's easy to. Lev. It means heart, but it doesn't just mean heart. It means mind, your mind. It means your emotions. It means your will. It means the real core of you. So the way of the blessed life, this is the way. You want to be blessed? This is the way, but you got to do it as it says. You know, most of us trust in one way or another. You know, in our head, we might be trusting, but it's not penetrating your emotions or your feelings. You know, your head knows it, but your emotions don't. So you're angry and you're afraid and you, you know what? If you really trust God with your heart, then your emotions are going to get touched too. You can't be depressed if you're trusting God with your emotions. It means let this sink to the deepest part of your life. See, lev also means your will. You want a blessed life? Don't just trust him with your head or even your emotions, but trust him with your decisions, your will, your your wants, your desires. Choose, decide by faith, commit yourself by faith. Let this trust touch every part of your being. Let it, let this faith get deep, deep into the core of your being. Let your faith not be shallow, but let it be a lev faith. And if you do, your life will be blessed to the core, to the very lev. Want more? Ask for trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphires. Warning, use is directed. It can revolutionize your walk and your life for victory. Also, the incredible Mystery of the Temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Just remember, Jesus is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue. It's amazing. You can blanket the earth with the gospel and to reach his ancient Jewish people who gave you the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll touch the world. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. This is the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart in Messiah, Haderech, the way. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this weekend edition. So glad so many of you do take the time to let us know that you do listen to this this radio program and podcast, in many cases, even on a daily basis. Well, this, this segment, I want to talk more about the hopeful side of what is happening in the background. 
Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to a lot of the propaganda that's out there. Some of the chinks in the armor are beginning to be revealed. There's some cracks in the in the narrative and the story that are beginning to come to play. And I really believe that if we hold on a little bit longer, and by the way, here in the United States, don't don't wait till November of 2022 to think we're going to fix everything by electing the right leaders in Congress. While those things will help, they're not the total solution. The solution begins with you and your circle of friends and your communities and your counties and your states. It needs to be a grassroots effort, not from the top down, from the bottom up. I think we lose sight of this. We we lose an election. Now, we'll get it fixed in two years or four years, whatever the case may be. And as I've said, I started voting in 1972, 50 years ago next year. And I've been waiting to fix everything at the at the ballot box. It doesn't seem to get fixed, does it? Temporarily, maybe, but never permanently. So we need to understand that we're not going to fix the world's woes at the ballot box. It's just a reflection of the people we have in our nation today. But there is hope. Some of the narrative we've been told for so long is beginning to slightly fall apart. These mandates, have you noticed in recent weeks that it seems around the world, in spite of the evidence to the contrary, there's this mass rush to get everybody vaccinated. And and now we're going to change what a vaccination is. To be fully vaccinated is going to require a booster or two or three or four or five. Plus a special three-dose regimen for the Omicron variant, which makes no sense at all. But see, this is what we're being told. Everybody must comply. They must be obedient. They must do it this way only. In many states like New York, where I'm a native, you have a governor there that has issued a statewide mask mandate. But there are a bunch of counties, around 21 or 22, can't remember the exact number, where the county officials are saying, no, we're not going to comply. We're not going to waste our resources to deploy your mandate. We're not going to have our local police or our sheriff's office waste their time enforcing a useless, worthless, and questionable mandate. We don't want to be in that position. And and so around the United States, people are beginning to question the narrative because the numbers are not there. This whole thing about infections is a very, well, It's a very fluid number, depending upon cycle thresholds of how they do this PCR test, which should never have been used as the sole determiner if anybody had COVID, can be easily manipulated. The higher the threshold number, the more likely you're going to get a false positive. The real truth in the pudding, to me, is looking at How many people are legitimately hospitalized because of COVID, not with it, or didn't get it there? And those numbers are just not holding up the way they're trying to imply that they are. Where I'm staying in Florida, I spent a lot of time in a little town called Okeechobee. And and I'll be out and about, maybe get something to eat, go to a store. And the majority of people I come in contact with every day here are not wearing a face mask. Only a few are. 
and it's a tiny minority, let's say less than 10% on average. I went to this one little local restaurant the other day. Not a soul in the place wearing a face mask coming in or out at a table or in with any of the staff. For them, they have decided we are beyond it. Truthfully, the majority of people in the United States are over it. They're done with it. They want it to be behind us. They want to move forward with their lives. They've had, they're coming up now in a two-year interruption, and people are beginning to rebel. And the numbers are backing up those that are rebelling. Now, see, in Australia, they're going to put you in a COVID camp if you ever test positive or you get near somebody that is, and they're trying to protect you and save you, and and they're trying to have a two-tier society, the smart vaccinated ones and the the killer spreader non-vaccinated, yet the numbers don't bear it out. You go to a place where you have, let's say, oh, I don't know, 70% or better vaccination rate. Well, 70% of the people in the hospital with COVID are fully vaccinated. In other words, we know one thing for certain. The vaccine does not stop you from getting or spreading COVID-19. At best, and for a limited amount of time, it may reduce your symptoms, and that's about it. Now, the long-term effect, we still don't know, but a lot of data is coming out that makes me very concerned about people that have taken the vaccine. We now know that if you're a young person under the age of 40, you're 40 times more likely to have an issue with the vaccine than you would ever get from COVID. Children being given the vaccine, I think, is child abuse. This is just, that's my opinion. They don't need it. They're not super spreaders. They're not going to die of the coronavirus. Yet we are putting in this experimental emergency use authorized stuff into our children without any clue of what the two, three, or 10-year repercussion is going to be. More and more parents now, the majority in fact, are questioning the idea of vaccinating their children. Now, in certain states like California, uh, in areas like L.A., where they are very, shall we say, leftist in their politics, they're more than happy to go along. And they brag about, I just had my five-year-old vaccinated against the coronavirus. And my question is, why? Do you think your child's going to die from getting corona? Do you think that giving him the vaccine will, or her, will stop them from getting or spreading this virus? And, when, and kids, when they get this virus, generally have very mild symptoms, but they're equally able to get and spread the virus with or without the vaccine. That's becoming very apparent very quickly. And, you know, truth has this nasty habit, this nasty habit of overcoming a lie. It's hard to prop up a lie forever. Oh, you'll find a few believers, look at Nazi Germany. Even as the Russians are coming in from the east and and the allied forces of the United States, Great Britain, and France are coming in from, from the west, they still had some that believe we're going to be victorious anyway. They're only miles away from Berlin, and they still think there's a chance to win. They are that influenced by what I used, as I said in the last segment, this 
this mass delusion, this mass formation where people now have accepted the lie and they are blinded to the truth. But let's face it, by 1945, most people in Germany were beginning to see the truth, though they dared not speak it. They knew the war was going bad. They knew from rumors and people coming back from the Russian front or from the now new Western front, things were not going their way. But have they ever said anything about it? They might be reported to authorities, so they kept their mouths shut. This is where I think we are in our battle with COVID today and COVID tyranny today. There are many people in the United States that don't want to say what they really believe or think for fear of being, you know, called out by their friends, their families, their employers, or other social media people. They just kind of try to go on with their lives and be neutral. We're getting to the point you can't be neutral any longer. That time is coming, and it's coming very quickly. We're beginning to see how the vaccines don't work. We're beginning to see the virus do what a virus always does. And I've been reading so many articles about this. In a natural setting, a virus of this type becomes more contagious but less deadly with lower symptoms than it was before. And we also should know by now, and it's beginning to become apparent to many, this was a man-made virus. It did not The original story being told last year in March, April, and May that, well, somehow this this is a bad virus that got to human beings, most likely through a live meat market in Wuhan, and then the whole world. Well, if that was true, then why over since 1972 when China was kind of opened up and we started traveling there and other travel, why has this never happened before on such a grand scale? I mean, when's the last time you heard about an escaped virus that took over the entire globe? We have had global transportation going on since literally the 1940s and 50s. But now this, and we're supposed to believe it naturally happened. History says otherwise for something of this nature in the way that it formed. We're not talking about the Spanish flu of a hundred years ago that came and burned through with us not understanding as much medical science as we do today in less than two years. It's a different animal. Today we can treat people that come down with COVID. They can be treated very rapidly, very quickly, very efficiently. And many doctors that I've talked to that have treated hundreds of patients have had a 100% cure rate. Yet we're told those methodologies can't be used. Of course, if they were permitted, here's the problem. This is what you just get this around. Focus on this for a moment. If, in fact, the FDA suddenly said or the CDC suddenly said, yes, you can use these treatments because they are a proven cure for COVID-19, then all the vaccines go away because they're all emergency use authorized only. Pfizer's little stunt with the FDA with their fake approval, and that's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it a fake and phony, politically motivated approval for a vaccine you cannot even get. It is not available on the market. 
If you go to Walgreens or Walmart tomorrow and ask for the Pfizer shot, it's still going to be the emergency use authorized only version. You're not getting the new one. Why? Because then they be liable and they don't want that liability. And now they scare you into Omicron. We need more booster shots. You know, the fact we called you fully vaccinated two weeks ago and about a month from now, you'll be unvaccinated all over again. But here's some of the good news. And this is what I want you to wrap your head around. One of my fears is what are the long-term effects of these vaccines on people? I believe that many people are going to have issues because of the vaccine in the years going forward. But over time, many doctors are now beginning to see how the vaccine is fading. We didn't know how long does this vaccine cause you to make spike proteins, to fool the immune system, to make it think and do things it probably shouldn't really be doing. Well, if they were really long-term, they wouldn't need a booster shot. Why would you need a booster shot if the vaccine is actually working? We're finding out that they don't last that long. And while some of the spike protein that got into other tissues may be a problem in the years to come, it appears over time the negative effect of the vaccine will also fade as its efficacy is fading in the eyes of of the Tony Fauci's of this world, who then want you to get booster shots. And more and more doctors are beginning to get a little bit more bold about this, saying I, where they're questioning, does this stuff really work? Is it really needed? Do we, should we be doing this at all? They're challenging the narrative. Many a judge in many states, when somebody is wanting ivermectin or an alternate treatment in a hospital and the hospital says no, They're winning the lawsuits, and the hospitals are having to comply. And I read story after story after story of somebody at death's door on a ventilator becoming healthy again, living because of these alternate treatments. But we can never recognize them as working because if we do, then the vaccines go away and that very... Listen, read a story this morning as I prepared for the program. When somebody is in that critical condition in a hospital, these hospitals are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars to treat that patient even if they die. But if they go for a nickel-dime therapy like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, they don't make anywhere near the money. And if you don't think money doesn't have anything to do with it, then you really haven't followed medicine in the past 20 years. Money is one of the biggest motivators now in the pharmaceutical industry, and even in the hospital industry. It is a business. They don't want cures. They want clients. They don't want to give you a pill to fix something. They want to give you a pill you take as a maintenance drug forever because that's profits in the bottom line. Now, there are a few prescriptions that I have to take. I'm 67. There are a few things I have to take, but everything I'm taking, ironically, has been around for a long, long time. And these prescriptions are literally nickel and dime. I'm not a great uh, client for the big pharmaceuticals. They're not making any real money off of me. But they are on these vaccines. They are on these drugs they're trying to use that may have more damage like uh, Remsidere that they're using in the hospitals. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of people having to answer for a lot of things in the not-too-distant future. 
the narrative is beginning to unravel. And in the face of this unraveling narrative, these governments are becoming super hyper. We must vaccinate. We must, must, must. We demand, demand, demand. We have governors signing into law that little children have to have a COVID shot to go to school. And they cannot justify to me in one, they they can't justify it. These kids will not die from COVID. And this will not stop them from spreading COVID at all. But it may damage their bodies and give them health issues for the rest of their life. We have too many heart disease patients, especially young men. Never had that before. And it's always within the vaccinated community, not the unvaccinated. But nobody wants to sound that alarm bell. Instead, it's more mandates, more lockdowns, fines. You can't have a job. You know, Google, that once swore in their, in, that they would do no harm, is now going to harm their staff by demanding you be vaccinated or be fired. When the truth comes out, as it always does, and I'm beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel on this one. When the truth comes out, and people's eyes, one by one, are open. A lot of people are going to have to do a lot of explaining. And I believe there are going to be criminal charges laid against people. I believe that politicians are going to lose their jobs. People are going to vote them out of office. They've had enough. We have been bombarded with everything from the vaccine to critical race theory to racism and a bunch of other nonsense, to separate us, divide us into groups and camps, always at war with each other. Because see, even the tyrants know if we're fighting amongst ourselves and they have more control over us, it's time we as a people unite. It is time for we as a people to do the real research, turn off the mainstream news, turn off getting your news out of out of phony Facebook. Funny, Facebook had to admit in court recently, if you didn't know it, that you know, when they were they ever seen a post where the fact checkers have said this is fake information? Well, in court, fascist book has had to admit, well, those are just opinions. They're they're not really facts. They're just protected opinion. Yeah, see, they know what they're sharing is phony. And they're being called on it. Twitter, Twitter is, is a sewer these days of woke leftism, not worth your time and effort. I barely see anything on Twitter anymore unless it's something that somebody sends to me that might be worth looking at. I don't waste my time in that little tiny echo chamber of leftists. That's what it's mostly full of these days. And if you say the truth on those sites, they're going to cut you off. They'll deplatform you. But I think there's enough rebelling beginning to occur day by day, town by town, person by person, that I believe 2022 is going to be a year of positive change. Now, I'm going to say this very carefully. I don't think the positive change will be permanent. But I believe that after this period of time that we've gone through as a nation and as a world, As the truth comes out and people demand change, change will happen. 
people will be held accountable. But don't think the enemy of your soul is going to back off and quit. No. The enemy of your soul will regroup, replan, and come back again after you, your freedom, and your faith. So what do you do about it? When this time comes, and I believe it will be in 2022, when the truth will begin to become known, and the majority, whether it's 60%, 65%, maybe 70% of the people around the world get with the program and, and the truth is revealed, they will make a difference. So what does that mean for you? It means the church that has been lazy and has been pushed aside and persecuted by the pandemic, the church that has been wishy-washy is going to have to become solid and anchor their faith on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and not the shifting sands of politics and political correctness. It's going to be a time for churches to reassess their mission and decide what is truly important. It's going to be a time where Many Christians will begin to develop small home churches to be ready for more perilous times. It's going to come. We're not going to fix it forever. We are going to get, at best, a period of time and a window of opportunity to share our faith and make a difference in our world. The truth is going to come out. It's going to it's going to blindside some people and they're going to be blinded by the light of truth for the first time. They're going to come out of the darkness of fear and into the light of God's truth and the lies that they have been told by those that want to take control over your finances, the raising of your children and everything else that goes along with it. Now, as we end this broadcast today, do you believe in the work that we're doing? And I know I kind of rambled today, but I just wanted to share from my heart. Would you help keep us on the air? If you would, we're trying to just get the funds together so we're ready by the 1st of January to pay the airtime bills for the month of January. We pay them in advance. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio with the mailing address of Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The check made payable to Ancient Word Radio, mail to 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That is 32536. Also, when you when you write or even use an email, and by the way, if you send me an email, I'm not putting you on some email list to send you endless emails. I'm not going to do that. That's my vow to you. But tell me how you listen whether on radio, what time, what station, or as a podcast, and mail that to me directly, bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. By the way, you can support us from the website as well. And until next week, may God richly bless you is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth the number 2 and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.